You can put a t-shirt on spring break, but that's not going to change them. So uh, some of us, this is a new experience. Uh, communitas, maybe you've, you've not done this before or, or seen how, how it works. Uh, communitas is one of those words that Brad found on Google, I'm pretty sure, one of those days. And it's a Latin word that refers to unstructured community, where each person is equal. And really, that's who we are as the church. We're all united in our devotion to the Lord, and we recognize that we're each part of a body, the body of Christ. And so really, it's a time where we say, okay, we're not going to have someone who's prepared a message speak. We're going to all speak and encourage and edify one another. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And I realize for some of you, when you were on the wings, it gave you a better viewpoint of the rest of us. So I give you permission. If you want to turn your chairs as someone is speaking, you can do that. If you want to adjust however you want to do, that's completely fine. So basically, this is your chance. It's open mic. And uh, you can do one of two things. You can either come up to the front. I'm going to move a chair over here so you can sit if you prefer. But you can come up front and use a microphone and, uh, and speak and be able to see everyone. Or if you'd prefer... Uh, we're going to have this handheld mic rotating uh, around the aisles so that you can you can speak from either where you're sitting or if you'd like to stand and address the group, you can do that as well. Last week, we provided a handout with some prompter statements and questions to kind of help you think about uh, how you can respond to how God has been speaking to you and moving in your life over the past couple of months. Uh, so the first question talks about the 40 Days campaign. Some of you signed up for that online. Some of you have decided to do some other intentional action to be mindful of the season of Lent, the 40 days leading up to the Easter celebration. And so if you have a story that you want to share about something that you did and the impact that had on you or people around you, uh, please do so. What's God been teaching you during your times of reading the Bible? As you've been either memorizing scripture or doing your Bible reading, what's God been speaking to you about? Are there any themes that have, that have popped up? Any conversations that you've had with other people? Anything that you feel like God's impressed on you? You can share that this morning. Uh, also, with respect to our teaching series on generosity, oh, what has stood out in, in that series? Um, is there a story that you'd like to share about a way that you looked at the way that God's gifted you, perhaps, or how you're stewarding the gospel, or what it means in your financial life? What's the biggest question that still lingers for you, for what you're still grappling with? What does this mean to be generous? What does it mean to be a good steward of what God has entrusted to me? So as you think about sharing this morning, please respond to, to one of these these questions so that we're all moving in the same direction in our conversation. And I'm going to stay up here on stage. I haven't really found anyone to move the microphone around, so I'm just going to give it to Ron. <laughs> That's what happens when you're closest. And no one will in the front seat again, will they? So Ron's going to have the mic, and then Ron, maybe, I don't know if you have to keep doing it, but it's the next person's responsibility, I suppose. Am I supposed to say something now? Is that... You know, the first time we went to church, we came late. There was five of us. We were new Christians, hair down to our waists. And as we're going, we're thinking, this is terrible. We're never going to get a good seat. <laughs> we got there 10 minutes late, and we said, you know, God does do miracles, because look, the whole front row is empty. Uh, 
That's all the filler story I got. It's a true story. Good morning, everyone. Do I need to sit down there, or can I sit down here? Um, this morning, Sue said to me, and I was in a fog, because we, we took a red eye last night with the team coming back, and uh, she said, oh, you know, today's communitas, and I went, oh, yuck, in my mind. That wasn't the word I thought, but um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I just wanted to come and blend in and not say anything and, and not talk about our trip and just be with God's people here. And uh, we had an amazing Sunday last Sunday with one of the churches and uh, in an area where, where one of the pastors we worked with and built a home and that kind of thing. And it was a real wonderful time in God's presence. And um, so I wasn't going to say anything this morning at all, but I thought I'd share a verse. And uh, for people who are superstitious, I have to tell you that um, there's a lot of awesome verses that are verse 13 by the way. And we were, we were studying First Peter, and so there were a lot of verses that the key verse was started with 13, and it was easy for our team to remember. So I'm going to read from First uh, Peter 3, 13. And uh, there's a lot of stuff, good stuff before that. Because um, he's talking about that God is watching over us, and that his face is on the righteous. Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what, you, for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, rever, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with kindness, with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That was one of our verses we studied, and uh, we just had a real blessed time. It was amazing. The team was fantastic. The people we met, we saw God moving, and, uh, and it really touched my heart. And, and uh, to, see, to see people turning to him, on the trip, and uh, I just want to thank you this morning. That's why I'm here. I just want to thank you for for your prayers being with us, and it uh, really made a big difference this year. So thank you so much. So over the past couple of, well, and since February, one of the things that Jared and I wanted to do this year, I don't know if you call it a New Year's resolution or not, we don't really do resolutions, but a goal, so I guess it is a resolution, um, was to try and at least once a month play at the Gateway of Hope. They have a coffee shop on Thursday nights, and we wanted to start playing more music together more regularly and make sure we had time to practice and like, hey, if we sign up for this, then we have to, right? So we'd sign up for once a month, and I'm like, I have no idea what to do with Anthony, like, but hey, we'll just do it. And um, through that, one of the things that God has started been 
teaching us was the generosity of our son, of using our son, allowing him to use our son in um, <laughs> with people, and he loves microphones. So I will just stand so he can't reach it. Um, and it's just been really neat, because initially when we went, I'm like, you know, I have this feeling, and I know it's going to be important for us to bring Anthony with us. Like, we could find somebody, we could leave him at home, but it's before his bedtime, it's right over dinner time, like, he'll be fine, we get home, put him to bed. So we bring him the first first time, and he's not crawling or anything, so it's great. I could just sit him on the floor, and he'd be fine. <laughs> and um, and or else I'd hold him, and he'd try and grab the microphone and make everybody laugh. And it, he was like the highlight for everybody there, right? And halfway through, there was this one older lady, and she was just staring at him and Googling at him. And then I was singing a song with Jared, and he was starting to fuss. So she said, do you want me to watch him? I said, absolutely, sure. So she picks him up and hold him. And then another lady comes over, and she's like, is it okay? And I'm like, sure, why not? In my heart, I'm kind of like, oh, please don't like, get sick or who knows what's going to you know, wear on people's hands. But they were really great. I'm like, yeah, just make sure he stays in the room. And... It was so awesome to see some of these women's faces who I know either they may want to have kids, and they, but they can't because of their situation in life, or maybe they do have kids and they haven't seen them in years, or who knows what, be able to hold this baby and him just smile. He doesn't care who the person is, right? Like, he just loves it, and that was great. And then the next time around, okay. What do you want to say? Okay. Um, this stage, right? That's right. So the next time around, he was crawling. So I'm like, oh, shoot, now what do I do? Like, I can't just put him on the floor with toys. So anyways, we brought a playpen, and he was kind of in it. And again, we were able to pass him around halfway through. I felt comfortable enough kind of eyeing who should I give him to at one point. And he was great. But what, during one of the songs, what was really neat during this time was we were singing a song, and I had him on my hip for this one. And he was kind of sharing the microphone. We were singing like this. And the chorus says, it's your breath in my lungs. So we pour a praise, we pour a praise. It's your breath in my lungs, and we pour a praise to you only. And right at that point, Anthony goes, Ah! <laughs> and everybody laughed, and it was just perfect because his breath, it was, you know, God's breath in his lungs, and it just illustrated that fact so beautifully. And you could feel the Spirit's presence right then through Anthony just screaming at that perfect moment. So God's really been teaching us both generosity of our time and there are weeks when we're like, I really don't want to do this. I feel tired. And we always feel leave feeling grateful that we did it and amazed at how God is helping stretch us to let Anthony be used and generous with Anthony when there are times we would rather not be. Um, so yeah. Mike and I have had a lot of fun with this generosity um, campaign kind of thing, whatever. Just really searching and asking God continuously because we have always tried to live that as our lifestyle. And just kind of been amazed at some of the different things that um, have come to mind that maybe I normally wouldn't have done. One of the things that was very simple but was really shocked by the cashier's response you know at the grocery store or walmart whatever they always ask if you'd like to donate a dollar to whatever and this was for the breakfast club and i remember Lindsay and tyler talking about you know purposely putting that money away and and looking for those opportunities 
So when the lady asked me, would you like to donate a dollar? I said, sure, I'll donate five. So she rang up one, and then she looked at me, and I said, no, I said, I'd like to donate five. Oh, really? Like, nobody had ever offered to do more than a dollar. <laughs> so I, I actually got to do that twice, and both times the cashier's response was almost identical. So I was really thrilled with that, that, you know, somehow that made a small uh, impact. Um, you know, like I said, we've just been praying and asking God to open doors and show us needs. So one of the things he did was um, show us as a, um, a family that was going to really be struggling to um, provide um, Easter candy for their kids. So we took care of that. We bought a few things and then gave um, a Walmart gift card so that they could have, you know, the ability to choose what they wanted to provide for their kids. And then um, we knew another family that had four kids that the dad lost um, one of the two jobs that he had, and they were really struggling to provide clothes for the kids that have outgrown all the other stuff. So, you know, I was amazed by all the sales that God led me to and, um, and how far the money had gone that we had put away to be able to bless this family. And we were able to send off a huge box of clothes and pretty much provide them with the next season wardrobe for the kids. So they were just like in tears when they got it. They were blown away. So, again, I was so grateful to God that he... Um, provided that money for us to be able to do this because it really wasn't in our budget, but it was just money that was there when we needed it. And then um, when they had the bake sale for the Guatemala um, team, they also were selling um, cards that somebody had made. And I bought two, and then I was sitting there thinking, and then I just felt, go and get some more. So I went and bought five more, and I asked God, when one of the things for the one of the days was to with your words generosity with encouragement and stuff so god laid um seven people on my heart and i wrote you know very special handwritten cards uh what each of these people meant uh, or words of encouragement that i felt that they needed to hear from god so um you know i was thrilled to be able to use such beautiful cards that cost next to nothing um, you could never have found a card those that beautiful in the store for that price. So um, those were another ones. And then um, I was also feeling challenged with my time. There's something that was I have wanted to do for years and years, but just never felt that I had the time in my life to do that, and that was to become a big sister. I was a little sister as a child, and that, the two ladies that I had made such an impact in my life so I have signed up, and I am in the process of going through that. was quite shocked, though, to find out there was actually a shortage of little sisters. <laughs> so I was disappointed that when I'm ready to do it, that there might not be a little sister available yet. But I'm praying that God will lead me to the right person when that timing is right. Um, the other thing that Mike and I did was um, something, again, we'd wanted to do for a while, but just never put ourselves out there for the time or the money was to uh, provide a meal for the Youth Unlimited group that they get. Uh, I think there's about 35 teens that come every week. And so we signed up to do that, and we asked um, what, they, what kind of foods they like. And the girl that I spoke with said that they'd been asking for tacos. So we did a, a humongous taco dinner for them all, and it went over so well. But um, I remember talking to the lady, what was her name, Megan? Megan at the group and she's like well this cost you guys a fortune I said you know what it didn't 
because one of the things that we did was we've been saving up our points from Superstore when you buy groceries. So we've been very intentional about buying a lot of the things that you got extra points for. Now. So well over half of what we did for that meal was paid for by points. It cost us nothing. So that was one of the things that I wanted to put out there because she said, I don't think anybody's thought of that. Well, what a great way to be generous. You know, it really didn't cost us anything extra, but we were able to bless 35 teens and the youth workers with this amazing meal from it. And then Mike decided that he was going to do the ultimate sacrifice in generosity. And he blessed the tire company with uh, the cost of not one, but two brand new tires that he blew out two weeks apart. (laughs) Stories. And I just wanted to mention uh, briefly that um, next Sunday we're going to have some information about the way that Together as a community, we can provide a meal to that same group of youth. We're going to do that on April 22nd. And so uh, there's Mike and Pam did that on their own, and it was a huge undertaking, and it was awesome to see you guys do that. And so we're going to see how we can deploy our various gifts to do something similar, provide a meal for them on Wednesday, April 22nd. And so be on the lookout for how you can be involved in that on that date and perhaps uh, further dates as well. Who's our, our next speaker on uh, one of these topics? see a couple of hands. We'll go Cheryl here, and then I think I saw a hand over there as well. Next, Curtis. Um, I've been trying as much as I can to um, follow the 40 days, uh, 40 acts, I believe it's called, campaign. Um, I've been getting, um, you sign up, and every day uh, you get an email with um, your next act that you're supposed to do, and you know, depending on how much time you have that day, there's different levels of acts that you can do. And I, I find that it's been awesome because, um, like, oftentimes for Lent, in the past, I've always been, um, this is kind of maybe too much information, but um, I've always thought, oh, well, I'll do something like give up sugar or chocolate and then maybe I'll lose some weight or something. <laughs> and uh, And, like, okay, maybe that's a good, healthy thing to do. But, I mean, that just is about me, and it's not about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I started getting these emails, I was thought, wow, this is really cool because this is about doing stuff for other people, and that's really what it should be about, mm-hmm. and um, at least sometimes. And so um, one day in particular was really cool for me. It, seems small but um it was really encouraging and so it was um we're supposed to look around your house and find something to give away to somebody and um i'm kind of an organized type a type individual so i often am going through my house and getting rid of things selling them on craigslist or bringing them to the hospice society or whatever so i didn't feel like i had a whole lot of things that were that amazing that i could just let go of so but when I got in my car to go to work that day I saw all my free Tim Hortons coffees <laughs> that I was amassing and um, I had there's this uh, individual at my work um, who loves Tim Hortons as much as I do and um, and a few weeks earlier he had, uh, he had been talking to me about how he was really burnt out because um, at my work we've been going through a avian influenza outbreak and that was really tough on a few individuals at my work. 
uh, a lot of overtime and no Christmas and uh, stuff like that. And it really affected me to see somebody else so burnt out at my work like that. And I just thought, like, I, I don't have much, but I'm going to give him all my free Tim Hortons coffees. <laughs> and um, so I stuck them in his uh, desk drawer. And um, he, I finally had to tell him to go look in his desk drawer. <laughs> um, and uh, he found them, and he was just shocked. Like, you know, the smile on his face. He's like, but you love Tim Hortons. I'm like, yeah, but you need it more than me. <laughs> and, uh, and he was just, you know, the smile on his face. It was really good to see. It was, uh, you know, a small thing, but I think he was, it made him happy there for, you know, a day or so. <laughs> Thanks. That was good running, Curtis. Thank you. Um, so my wife and I and our kids, uh, we just came back. I'll stand up so you can see who I am, and I'll sit down. Um, my wife and I and our, our four kids just came back from California where we were on a tour and playing in schools and churches. And uh, I'm just going to tell you about one, uh, one school that we were playing at. And uh, we had to get up very, very early in the morning because the school we were playing at was up in Los Angeles County. We were staying down in San Diego County, and it was like an hour and a half drive. And we had to be there at 7 o'clock. So, you know, I don't like to get up that early, and, you know, making my kids get up even earlier is really hard. Anyway, we, um, I didn't tell the kids much about this school that we're playing at other than it's an elementary school, and... Um, you know, they've known, the school's known for weeks that we were going to come and do a chapel for their students, about 500 elementary kids, including uh, some teachers and some parents. So we got there. Uh, we got there on time. How that happened, I don't know, but we actually got there on time. There was nobody there. Uh, eventually, somebody came and opened up the uh, sanctuary that we were playing in. The sanctuary probably holds a 1,000 people, and they have a big, beautiful digital board, not like our board, uh, but it just an amazing, yeah, it's kind of a joke uh, for those of us that are struggling with this board here. But, um, yeah, this amazing sound system in this, uh, this church. Probably the sound system was probably worth two or $300,000. And uh, anyway, the sound guy gets there. We've got a very limited time to set up and play. So it's Emma, my daughter Emma, who's 10, Ryan, 8. Ryan and Emma are going to be playing with me. And uh, the sound guy gets there, and he cannot figure out how to get the sound system going. He cannot. And I wished at that moment we had one of our sound guys, because I'm sure we could have figured it out. But he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't get the screens to work. And I'm just thinking to myself, on top of everything else, like they're not paying us to play there. So I'm doing it. I'm thinking I'm being generous. And uh, coming there to play for this school that can well afford to pay us, uh, but they just didn't have it in their budget. And I'm like, well, you know, that's part of generosity is I'm not going to question. I shouldn't. I, it's not my business. My, my job is to serve God and to be available to play in this, in this school and in other schools. So anyway, they, they never got the sound system working, if you can believe it. So we did a concert for over 500, I mean, imagine that, 500 kids, elementary kids, loud elementary kids who want to sing along. And so... Somehow, we, we did it. We had a great time. Um, no, no mics. The guitars weren't working. I mean, it was 
you know, we might as well have just been strumming air uh, for all of the effect it had because the, the people at the back couldn't hear us. Anyway, after we did the concert, we just, we were all kind of feeling like, I mean, the kids had a great time, but Emma and Ryan and I were feeling like, wow, that was a lot of work for what? We weren't sure. And as we were driving back, it was like a two-hour drive back because we were in traffic back to San Diego County. And uh, Emma and I got into this conversation uh, because she was like just curious, like, you know, so they didn't pay us anything? And don't we need money? Well, yes, uh, we do, actually. We've got, like any family, we've got bills, and we want to um, take care of our family's needs. But it was a really good opportunity for Emma and I just to have this discussion about, you know, we don't do a, a good job somewhere because they're paying us a lot of money. And, um, and so often we, we don't even discuss how much a church might be or a school might be paying us because that's not important. What's important is that this is, we're being generous to God and we're being generous to God's people regardless of whether or not we're being paid or not, even though we've got lots of things that are going on right now. Um, and it's very stressful for us. We've got this Kickstarter campaign that we're running right now, and some of you know about that, but that's just, you know, it's very stressful for us, for Julie and I. Uh, our kids, they don't need to know, or that's not important. What's important is that we're generous with our time uh, wherever we are. And so that was some really good uh, conversation that I had with Emma, and uh, that I'm, I think she understands now. This is our role uh, when we're, we're giving to each other and to the church. It's just to be generous without question. So, am I the... Oh, there you Thanks, Perry. Hi, my name is Deborah Groom, and if you don't know me, come and say hi. I, I have references. Have you. <laughs> um, Okay, I'll, I'll sort of color outside the lines just a little bit, okay? But I'm staying with the generosity thing. Um, two things that I, I wanted to share. One was uh, this month I was hosting the youth dinner at my house, and I was happy to do it. And I was looking at the numbers and sort of going, okay, um, there's five, eight, nine, twelve. Uh, no problem, but things didn't go as I'd quite hoped. And I ended up with appointments all that day and stressors going, health happening. And I was so stressed because you want to be generous. You want to give. You want to do your part. And the spirit was willing and the body had taken a hike. And I, it's, you call out to God, but it's utterly amazing when he answers back. Because I want to be able to say, and then I hosted the best dinner ever. Everybody brought five friends, and they all came to Christ. Thank you. <laughs> but, thanks. but what happened is instead, as I'm lying on my back on the couch, feeling about 100 years old, um, I was talking to my friend Pam Price. And you heard just a few of the things she did. You don't have the week to hear all that Mike and Pam do for others and the sort of hearts of people they are. Well, I'm talking to Pam, just looking for a little commiseration and a attaboy, and instead she goes, okay, I've got it. And I thought, what, my problem? And she goes, no, I've got it. And I said, no, you don't understand. This is a dinner for teens. They're like locusts. 
you know? <laughs> they come, they descend, and whatever else isn't tied down goes. And she's like, yeah. And it's like, you work full time. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I thought, okay, um, I'll get the food, I'll get to the grocery. No, I'm in meetings. No, I'm hobbling. No, I'm, no, I've got it. Pam showed up at my place, and she brought all the food. We're talking chicken cordon bleu, people. <laughs> We're talking the noodles, the dessert. She brought it all. She did it all. She did it with grace. And even though it was just Pam in the room, it's Pam and Mike that together as a team put this sort of heart because you have to work as a team to be allowed to be this sort of person. So I, I wanted to share that heart because, you know, when she shares stuff, she's not saying, look at me. As a matter of fact, she'd really prefer you didn't. Just let her be. Just let her serve. But you have to know the sort of hearts that went into just being there for the kids, just loving, you know, and I think it was later that, was it the same week that you were also hosting her table and the rest? I mean, that hits to me the heart of generosity. The heart of a church is the community, how we're interacting with each other. The hearts of people like Heather and Wendy, who during the summer when there was not a lot of money for food, would show up with fresh vegetable and produce and give to whoever was there. To Betty and Gary, who popped up before Christmas and said, here's food, enjoy. This is, like I said, I know I'm just stepping a little bit outside this month, but this is part of what makes Jericho Ridge so special. And the last bit of generosity I want to share is how generous God has been to me in this last little while. As, as a mom with the occasional health quirk, I've been afraid of my future. I've been afraid of, you know, needing my future plans, being looking for a good awning and a cart with the good wheels, you know. Um, I haven't slept well. I've been afraid. And I kept on saying, God, what am I going to do? How am I going to make it? Like, what, what is my future? And I trust God with my soul and keeping the universe together. But the finances I get a little dodgy on. And... I didn't know what to do because working full-time outside of the home doesn't work if some days you can't walk or your hands don't work. And then I get a call. I get a call from a fellow who's running a social media company. And he says, will you come write for me? You write delightful rubbish on Facebook. Why don't you do it for me? <laughs> and it really is. It's, it's really, you know, far side humor. Um, and then I get another call saying, I have an arts magazine. Would you be willing to look at writing a column? And then to top it all off, I just started as an Avon lady. Hey. <laughs> um, but it's God's generosity. Generosity to my fear that he would take my anxiety, that we, he would show that he'll provide for my future. And when it comes to generosity, there's no one like God. So I just needed to thank him. Thanks, Deb. I think we've got time for one more, and I see Allie Nicole's hand up. So if your hand was up as well, I apologize. We'll have to wait for our next gathering time. Hi, um, Allie Nicole here. Um, just what Deb said touched on, on one of the questions that I've been wrestling with. We're talking a lot of generosity about giving it, 
But I think one of the gifts that we need to also develop is receiving generosity from others because um, that's part of the community thing. So I wanted to share um, a couple of quick stories. One was um, from our time in Kenya. Many of you know that we served as missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators in Kenya for 15 years. And their generosity was pretty easy to do because people would not shy from asking for help. So one of the things that we had to struggle with was just how to deal with constant demands for, you know, sometimes quite trivial bits of help, but just it was, the, it was kind of relentless, you know, and that was one of the stresses that we had to deal with. Um, and um, there were times that we did very well on the generosity side and other times when we were like, really, you know, do I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning to give my neighbor a plastic bag that they need? Um, but that was part of the community there. Um, but I remember one day when we received some generosity, we'd been out at a prayer meeting. Um, I'd left a whole bunch of laundry out on the line. And um, while we were out, a torrential downpour came. And um, I can remember thinking, oh, darn, I left all my, um, you know, all the diapers for my baby were out there. We didn't have any clean ones. And there was just a whole load of uh, laundry there. We came back to the village. I think it was already dark. I forget. And the first thing I noticed is that my line is empty. There's no clothes hanging out there. And I thought, oh, great. Somebody's come and stolen all my washing while we were gone. And I was sort of, so I came in. I was dark. I was hungry. And the kids were grumpy. And about five minutes after we arrived, there was a knock on the door. And here's my next door neighbor. She's one of the ones who was there at five o'clock in the morning, you know, asking for her plastic bags. So she has all my laundry folded um, neatly that she's, that she, um, Basically, she'd seen the weather. She'd come and um, taken down my laundry, folded it nicely, and she handed it. And I think there was also a bowl of food that came with this gift as well. And so I just remember that, that feeling of somebody, you know, who was very, very poor, but just that huge act of generosity that we received at that time was very, very meaningful. And um, that was a big lesson for me. Rolling forward to, so one of the challenges of coming to Canada is how do we do generosity here for people who are very self-sufficient and people who don't want to be in debt to you? Um, and so with the 40 acts, one of the acts I decided to do was to um, try and um, get to know some of my neighbors. So I bought um, five plants from um, Superstore and I just put them on my doorstep of five of my closest neighbors with a little card saying, Happy Spring. And um, that was a great thing because we had suddenly a conversation point for, I think, four of them responded. So we got to know those people. Um, but as added, and as added blessing to that, I was able to amuse some of my friends because I referred to my gift as a pot plant. So that I had um, blessed my neighbors with a pot plant, which um, in my version of English is a perfectly acceptable way of <laughs> referring to my gift. But apparently has extra connotations here in British Columbia. So... Uh, appreciate uh, your words. We've, we've uh, run out of time, and I just want to thank you for uh, sharing your hearts, how you have been impacted by the series I've been hearing from God. And our hope in doing this is um, to be the community, to be the community of, of uh, people. There's, if I remember right, there's 30-some, 30 39, 35, it's a number in the 30s, uh, acts that we are commanded to to do in the scriptures to one another, love one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burden, serve one another, teach one another, pray for one another. 
And uh, this is just a, a little bit of a snapshot of what we want to do to one another, but also outside of our church community into the people that we interact with. That's our call as, uh, as followers of Jesus is to disciple one another, but disciple and call others into this loving relationship that we have the luxury of enjoying ourselves. And so it's in keeping with our, with our mission as a church to become and to make disciples of Jesus. I'd like to invite Dan forward and his team, and we're going to, uh, to sing a closing song. I'd love to sing two or three more songs, but we are short on time. So if you have 